and good evening. <laughs> Welcome to After Service with uh, Pastor Brian and me, Joe. Hi, Joe. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. 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 Are, are we? Uh, gosh, I just realized I'm wearing this V-neck. It makes me feel very uh, Sopranos-ish this evening. <laughs> so, just pull. <laughs> Pull it down a little bit. <laughs> you look fine, Joe. Just Thanks. fine. Thanks. They're not going to be looking at your cleavage. Don't worry oh, about it. Oh, wait, wait. This is a church podcast. Slow, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so what's going on with you tonight? Um, not much. You know, it's a uh, Wednesday nights because we because of the podcast. I mean, the things are a bit more low key around the house you know it's like there's something kind of inserted in the middle of the evening that means that you can't do a lot before it and you can't do a lot after it and sometimes that's kind of helpful right because it says all right i mean i know what i'm doing it's almost like during my business day my work day having a meeting at like 10 o'clock means i can't really do anything before before and then after it it's like lunchtime right okay or nearly lunchtime yeah it's all it's yeah. it's like a little vacation because there's that thing right sandwiched in the middle of it so that that's kind of how that feels how's your week been going oh good it's been a quiet week you know what am i done took a day off yesterday yeah that's what i did good what did i do on my day off uh I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Well, no, but that's okay. To to me, that that seems right. You know that I, when you're feeling kind of out of it, I did stuff around the house. Yeah, I like doing stuff around the house. I have a long list of to do list that generally I give myself. Of you know, hey, I need to clean those vents. I need to. Oh, that's what I did. I, I, I can tell you about that. It's a little story. So okay. over the in the late, like starting in September, I realized there was that part of my patio was always wet. And I thought, what is the gig with that? You know, and I kept checking it because the hose is right there. I thought, well, but yeah. eventually I realized, no, it is not coming from the hose. It's not coming from the faucet. It's coming from the wall. So I had a guy came out and, and fantastic. Lo highly recommend this guy. Um, independent contractors been doing it for 40 years, honest, hard worker, did it for, th repaired it for $300, which is cheap. Well, what um, was it? What was the issue? Well, and he, we couldn't tell for sure, but it was like, there's an, there's right in that spot in the wall, there's two water pipes and, and, um, right above it, right. Okay. It, it comes down to the wall and makes a 90 degree angle and goes underneath the house. Well, there's not water above that area. There's not above water beyond that area. It's only right there. But he says it doesn't appear to be leaking, but the water is at that L. So he just replaced those two joints and that's it. And you're, is it is it dry now? Yeah, it's dry. Now, what's funny about that to me is that a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, earlier this year, <laughs> uh, we had something very similar where we noticed on the outside the wall 
<clears throat> where the faucet is outside, that that the not only was it dripping, or it seemed like it was dripping, but the the wall itself was wet. Hey, yeah, so similar, yeah. Yeah, and we're like, what's going on with that? You know, uh, and I thought maybe we just, yeah, well, I wasn't sure what it was, and we brought in somebody. Uh, brought in a plumber and had him look around, mm-hmm. went under the house and traced all the pipes and stuff. And he's like, it's not evident what this is. And we pulled the refrigerator back and there's this pool of water hmm. there. <clears throat> and we're like, oh, is it one of the connections? Because we have a little water yeah. thing that creates ice. And, nope. The uh, It was the refrigerator failed. Um, huh. and it was, Oh leaked. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so we, yeah. we had to find a refrigerator and we actually have a, our refrigerator is 32 inches and the new standard is 36. And in this, Oh yes, that's right. Right. And the, the current COVID, uh, you know, supply chain thing, it was very difficult to find a 32 inch refrigerator in stock because <laughs> we couldn't Especially just, now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we were, you know, we paid too much and we, but we got something and there you go. Yeah. So anyway, for, we've been, <laughs> been live for six and a half minutes talking about refrigerators. Refrigerators. But <laughs> really happy with the guy, fixed it. Awesome. No problems. But he said he didn't fix, he wouldn't fix the drywall because he had opened the drywall. So I was fixing that. Oh. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, but I enjoy that stuff is my yeah. point. It's, it's good kind of mental health um, because, you know, my, my, my life is so cerebral and I have yeah. constantly stuff going on in my head. So to do just kind of, and I don't mean this mean in a, in a negative sense, a pejorative sense, menial labor, work with my hands is just so therapeutic, which we've talked about before. Yeah, I remember that big pile of gravel I had. The gravel. Right? Yeah. And something very satisfying about, you know, that physical labor. Yeah. That, you know, that it, what it, it says to me as much as anything is that we're not in, we're not meant to be sedentary. No, we can do some mental stuff, but just that, we're not just brains. No. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> And then there's also the little dopamine fix of crossing stuff off your to-do list. So yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful. <laughs> Love that thing. little. Yep, I did it. That's, yeah. Well, you know, I've said this before. Probably, I if I've done something, I will add it to the list so I can cross yes. it off the list. You're not the only one that does that. Yeah. No, there's yep. people who recommend that. You know, right. you need to acknowledge that that you mm-hmm. have accomplishments that you've accomplished something. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's. So, anyways. Let's That's talk about what the we're doing. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, message from from Sunday. We're still deep in Revelation. We have barely got our toe in it, but not that we're going to go through the whole book at all. But yeah, we just talked about one verse, verse seven, chapter one, verse seven. Look, he's coming on the clouds of heaven, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him, and all the nations will of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. That's the text. Yeah. And I said, it's three things. It's a, it's a, it's a mashup. It is about the second coming. It is about, it is the, it is the, the, the mashup or the technical word is the, conf, the, the, the confluence. Oh, I'm not sorry. Right, the word conflation of conflation, two texts. Yeah. It's the putting together two texts, Daniel seven and Zechariah chapter 12. Um, but it is also a quote of Jesus. 
And so we, we looked at each each one of those individually to see what they were saying on the in the original and then went to what Jesus meant by it, which is to kind of explain the the he what he was saying is what's going to happen at the end is the the effects, the consequences of what those two original texts said. That he's king and salvation will be available. And so there'll be a reward for that. And if you don't re- receive him now, then there, there will be a different kind of mourning. If you don't mourn for your sin and for your need for Jesus now, then there'll be a different kind of mourning then. So he came in humility and, and he will come, he'll return again in glory. So. One of my takeaways from that, uh, I, as I reflect on it, was something I think we, we have talked about before, which is the idea of coming like a thief in the night kind of situation mm. where we, the way that we live our lives, we can't be like just prepared to shift the way that we live at the last moment to right. align with who he is mm-hmm. uh, and what he expects from us that we really won't have that opportunity. And so therefore, uh, vigilance is of utmost importance that yep. our lives should ref and the, the way the choices that we make the way we in, in, engage with people should reflect that christ could come at any moment right yeah yeah and and i i think of it in the sense of he could come to to, to us at any moment but there's the other side of it is we could go to him at any moment Right, yeah. <laughs> Meaning and, we and can die not, at any yeah. moment. Yeah, and you're not being morbid when you say that. Um, but it's but something it's true. That, that really, I remember as, as a kid, you know, reflecting on uh, eternity and mortality and those kind of things and, and what it meant to be a, a follower of Christ and what sin and how that f- fell into things. And it was just like, you know, there was a, a bit of, I think, healthy fear and maybe a little bit of unhealthy fear in there, too, um, that was saying, um, I don't want to be in the bad place. Um, I want to be with him. So wh- what are the decisions that I need to make? And if I did something that I felt like didn't align with that, then I, I felt regret immediately. Like, mm. oh, gosh, I'm glad like he a good didn't. Catholic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good irish catholic oh but, yeah um but but, but that, that was something that i thought about on sunday is is remembering kind of how i engaged at that and thinking that somehow there was a scale or a ledger actually a ledger is more accurate that was saying if i if my good choices outweighed my bad choices i was okay you know, uh, but always being aware that there was a ledger there somehow, you know, what, what but do I you need? realize that that's not why you get to heaven. It's not your good right. outweighs your bad. Just so people are clear. I know you know that, but. Well, you know, the thing is, is I, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand that, you mm-hmm. know, it, going back to that kind of scandalous nature of grace, it's that the way that our small brains kind of wrap around the idea of this gift is somehow we play a role in earning that and that we need to stay on the good side. We need to stay in the black. We can't 
go back in the red, you know, right? Because um, that that's that contractual thinking that so many of us get into, and I think that's oh, why I, I I don't. I hope this doesn't come across as kind of slight or anything, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about. I like I have done so many bad things that there's no way that he will save me. And that's not because I think I'm all that, you know, it's just that that's so ingrained in me to know that no matter what I have done, he loves me uh, and he uh, and I am his and I'm saved and I'm inspired by that to try to be the best person that I can be. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. But I know that there are people that really struggle with that. Like, here's all the things that I've done. I just should give up because I don't deserve his grace. Uh, and to me, that's a failing on my part because I can't yeah. relate to that. To me, it's, I've, it's, uh, it's become so, uh, so much a part of who I am and my identity that I don't think about the fact that he wouldn't accept somebody that, that asked for him. Hmm. Sorry, I mean, I kind of went off. It's something I think a lot about, honestly. Huh. <laughs> so you you think a lot about that you don't think about that? Yeah. I'm trying to understand. Okay. Right. It's there, there's there are definitely times. A lot a lot of times as you're reaching to people and communicating to people online and in um, in the congregation, it's like remember that uh, you don't get hung up on the idea that you, uh, uh, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, that you are not deserving, that somehow you he won't accept you, that you've done things that are so bad that he won't accept you. Because that's, that's a recurring message. Oh, and, yeah. And whenever you say that, I go, wow, there are people out there that think that they are so bad that they aren't deserving. and But they are. They just don't know it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know where to I'm go with I'm not sure that. where to go with this because <laughs> it's not at all where I was thinking for for tonight. But um, sometimes it's it gets at this thing that I don't think I've communicated clearly in the past that I when we talk about Christians being called hypocrites, it's because they don't live up to these moral standards. Right, right. <clears throat> but that's because they, they, what they think of being a Christian means that you have to live up to, to moral standards. That that's, that's, that's what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so that it, it's, it's kind of the same topic. That but and you can go both directions. On one hand, think, well, I'm so bad, I'm horrible, blah blah blah. But then there's the other side of it is 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 something along the lines of, I'm really not a bad person. I I deserve to be good, to be treated good. And I think there's some people who have that perspective. That's right. Yeah. Or unaware of their need. Right. And, and there's a and to me, I'm focused on that middle ground, which says. I am redeemable. Uh, that I don't find myself drifting into the I'm irredeemable. 
Hmm. Right. I know I'm flawed. I know I'm sinful. I know I don't deserve his grace. But because of who he is, I am redeemable. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know this is kind of this weird gray area in here that's, you know, it's not because I deserve it. It's because he loves me so much that because I, that despite the fact that I don't deserve it, he gives it to me anyway. So do you, would you say what you do instead of focusing on, well, one, when you mess up, do you focus on that or do you focus on how you can be better? The latter. It's okay. I, 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 I was not my best. Where, where's the opportunity to be better? Um, there, there are times when I get hung up on, um, gosh, boy, I really screwed up. Uh, and it's usually how I engage with people like, oh, I could have been kinder. I could have, I could have responded to that in a better way. Um, I think about, uh, the nature of my personal sin, you know, like I think about greed, you know, like, um, my fear of not having, and that comes from periods of time in my life where I had almost nothing. And mm-hmm. so that fear of not right. having, you know, 20 bucks, you know, like, gosh, I'm, I'm going to hoard this. I'm going to, uh, uh, if something is there and even if somebody else probably needs it better than more than me, there's this part of my nature that says you should get that because you never know, you know? And so I, I'm really aware of what my sin is and trying to kind of work through that. But I don't get, I don't find myself going, I can't come back from this. It's, it's usually, what can I do better? Yeah. How can I get past this? I think that's really healthy. I think it's a good model. It reminds me of Paul saying, forgetting what's behind, I press on to win the prize. It's the, as one author that I love, that I, that I, you know, it was very formative, you know, and Brother Lawrence. And his view of it was, you know, when he finds out he did something wrong, he, it's a simple prayer of, Lord, I, you know, I did this. I'm not going to do any better unless you help me. So help me do better. And then that's it. And thank you for your forgiveness. And then he focuses on, and then he continues in his, in his, in his discussion of, and then you need to get back to walking with Jesus and fo- and loving him. And it's just to acknowledge it, say thank you. And then, but you don't dwell on it. You just go, yep, I need to be better. It's an opportunity as you put it, you're using different language, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Your focus is on how do I live like Jesus and, and recognizing when I'm not as just an opportunity to go, Oh, there's an area of an improvement. Yeah. And that's it. And I think that's extremely healthy. And I, I wish we would all do that. And because it, it's not, I don't think you're taking for granted the forgiveness and the grace you have. I hope you're I'm just not. simply believing that you have it. Yeah. And, and that it's secure. That that's kind of, that's my position, you know, um, I, gosh, it's, I really want to be careful that I don't want to communicate I got it figured out. <laughs> oh no, trust me, I know you don't. <laughs> no, but you, you but this is an area you have this piece well set. 
there are other areas just like me. I mean, we all have areas just to struggle. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like it. But but if this is an area where I think you got it, I think you got a good thinking on it. Own it. Well, and to kind of pull it back, a lot of this is when I think about him coming back or me going to him. Back today. Right. It's if I focus on things like I'm redeemed and I want to be the best version of me that I can be. That seems to me to solve the idea of what if I got hit when I'm crossing the street to get the mail, you know, exactly. or what if he shows up tomorrow? You know, it's, it's, um, to me, it, it's not seeking, it's, it's not like I have to be perfect. It's cause I can't, it's how, how can I be the best version of me? within my flaws exactly it's it's like i keep running in my head the uh, you know I, who is it is it Thoreau or is it emerson said you know the unexamined life is not worth living it's kind of that idea live with the intentionality of being aware of how you're living your life and, and that you're going to eventually give an account so you're going to go not in fear because we're not a slave to fear but it's like oh hey how can I be better? We're yeah. saying the same thing in just different ways. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, that, we've talked about this for like 15 minutes, but that was kind of my big takeaway Yeah. with that is I, I really long for people to recognize that in Christ they are inherently Forgiven. redeemable. Right. You know, and to not carry a weight, to not, you know, uh, to, to not be... What's the term, you know, where the, the, the oxen, what's not to be yoked mm-hmm. um, right. to your inability to uh, not, it's not even your inability because it has nothing to do with you that yeah. don't, don't get yoked to I'm irredeemable, you know, take, mm-hmm. if you're with him and, uh, and this kind of goes back to, I think a, a message we did earlier that there's two Two oxen, when they're yoked together, one is considered kind of the mentor to the other one, so that other one learns. So if you're yoked with Jesus, right, you're redeemable because you're alongside him, and you're mm-hmm. learning from him, and you're never going to be this, you're yeah. not going to be at his level, but you're going to get better. Right. Yeah, and it gets a little bit at the um, the question of, so we're not... If I believe in Jesus, I'm 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 his child. I'm getting I'm getting to the good place. So, why then do I? What's the motivation then to try and be better? And 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 Paul speaks things like rewards. It speaks about being unashamed when he comes, and people have a lot of questions about that. Do you have any thoughts on on? the whole topic of rewards. I don't think much about it. <laughs> I don't. Some you know, do. I, it's um, because I don't really, what it comes down to for me is I don't really understand the nature of what that reward is. You know, um, it's, when I think reward, I think tangible things, you know. Mm-hmm. What, am, what am I going to be presented with? And to me, it's enough to know that there's, there's an eternity with people that I love, 
<clears throat> that's 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 all I need to know. The, 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 what I think of is, and, and maybe some people can can relate to this. I hope you can. It's that that feeling on Christmas morning when you've given someone mm. a gift you know they're gonna like. You don't actually get the gift, but there is a a kind mm. of reward to seeing them love it. Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the word is, but yeah. I don't either. Um, that to me a, is worth yes. more than any gift you ever receive. You know, when you give somebody something that they themselves did not <clears throat> know was available to them. Right. You know, um, there are times when people are, I think this is, happens a lot at Christmas time, which is here's what I, here's the list of things that I want. I, these are the things that you should get me, you know, which I know you do. <laughs> which I know you do. <laughs> um, yep. But but when somebody gives you something that you never even considered, and then you're like, oh wow, of course you. And to me, that when you're the recipient of an unexpected gift, it's to be known. That's what that's about. It's like, oh, you know me well enough to get me something that I myself was not aware that I would appreciate. And so to be on the other side of that, to be the one who is giving means to me that you have taken the time to know a person and to give them a gift that says, I know and I love you. For me, it's just for all of this is the point is there's a joy in the joy of others. And I I think the, the reward is that you will have a greater day of celebration because you'll see you'll just appreciate everything more it's something along that line you know and that's the only thing i can think of because it's clearly not you're going to get a bigger crown that's not it can't be that right right you're just going to appreciate it there's going to be more joy for you at the at the i don't know something like that well there's that message of gratitude that we've talked about a lot lately that when you take a moment to kind of breathe and then and then to recognize to identify recognize and and you know to to really acknowledge what you've received there's a a, a wonderful peace mm-hmm. in that like oh you know we were at Costco the other day and somebody you know how this time of year trying to find a parking spot at Costco's challenging yeah and it just so happened that somebody pulled out right as we were going into that, I whatever that lane or whatever, and it was like, mm-hmm. and I went, and I'm like, thank you, God, you know, <laughs> this is a, a little thing. It may yep. seem kind of you know ridiculous, but I I'm gonna thank him for this. I'm gonna take a moment to be grateful for the fact that uh, I'm not driving around, uh, and. You, cursing under my breath (laughs) before we go i did have a question i wanted to ask you we just haven't been able to get to it maybe we need to have a whole nother time is how come you okay let me make this what i think is 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 an accurate fact i don't think there's a lot of songs christian songs written today about the second coming i don't feel like there is Hmm. a whole lot do you think that's true and if so why don't why why don't we? Um, 
You know, what's funny is I can think of a few right off the top of my head. Um, o Come Divine Messiah is, uh, is one that I think of. I think of um, Hosanna. Um, Hosanna's old. Um, well, yeah, but that also speaks to my lack of connection with current worship music. But And I guess but, that's what I'm talking about. Listening, if you listen, which you don't, <laughs> listen to Christian radio. It's just not there. I. It's so rare, it seems like. It'd be interesting, well, and maybe we need to have a whole conversation just on this and pull up the top worship songs for the month or something, or the year. Yeah, I mean, that would be, I, I would, that would be interesting. It would be a good exercise for me to kind of go back and listen to that. I mean, there's so many themes that we could address in worship. And we, we talked about this Sunday morning, um, not in the message, but you and I just having a conversation talking about the commercialism associated with uh, our music, our worship music. Mm-hmm. And if I would say probably the main reason why you don't hear a lot of those songs is that they're not commercially viable, that there's somebody back, uh, is that there are people who are writing worship songs that are thinking about not about what their congregation needs, but what will catch the ear of other congregations. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I happen to be a fan of Paul Balazs. I don't think he's the most amazing artist out there, but I, but his heart is one for, as he stated, I'm writing songs for the guy in the back of the room. That's what he's imagining. What is that person back there right. that showed up in a dirty T-shirt and, and jeans and old shoes? What do they need to hear today? And And I think that often translates to what people, how people worship versus, hey, here's how people want to feel. Here's what is going to resonate with people listening to the radio. Which is what most of them do. Which is what most of them do. And that's cynical on my part, but I'm also kind of part of that community. I think it's real. Yeah. Um, And and so the songs that tend to resonate with me are the ones that feel like they're digging up things. You know, um, uh, I wait. You know, uh, Psalm 130, you know, that's such, not going to hear that. You'll never hear that on a pop radio song. No, it's too simple. And it's too, I, I don't know. When I first heard it, I remember I played it for you and your response was like, yeah, it's okay. But boy, when I hear that, I am worshiping, I'm praying. I'm, and that in some respects, I mean, it's a Psalm, but I wait for you was, can also be a response to the second coming. I, oh, can, right. Right. You know, there's, um, oh. maybe we'll play that on Sunday. I love that song. I would have no problem doing that. I just love to worship to that. So we'll, 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 we'll come back to this and we'll have a conversation about themes that are not typically talked about in Christian worship. Yeah. We'll come back. That'll be one of ours that we come up soon. We did have a question though. We did have a question that we need to get going, probably. Okay, reward of greater family or connection rather than a reward like money? Maybe that is the kind of reward it is talking about. Yep, I saw that, yep. I think that's probably true. Don't you think? Yeah, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's a tangible reward. You know, I don't think it's no. something, it's not, and, and like, I, and uh, that's kind of what I was alluding to is when I think of the reward, I'm not thinking about, 
what's the gift, the physical gift, what's the trophy or anything like that. I tend to think of what is, um, what makes my life, my soul, whatever. Richer. Yeah. <laughs> what makes that, that much richer. It, it's, you know, it's not, Hey, I saved your dog. Here's 150 bucks or anything like that. But I, but I understand yeah. the question, you know? And I seem to recall that Paul said something like Thessalonians, are you not our joy and our crown? So I think that's what he's getting at is, is, the blessing of being able to see the impact of your life yeah. on people around you and go, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. One more thought on that. That's why I coach, right? Yeah. That's why, because I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't, it's, it's a volunteer position. I'm not getting anything for it. If I do, it's like, Oh, that was nice. But when I get to see these, these young people that I'm working with and how they develop uh, how uh, their character and their perspective on life and their appreciation for the things that I, that I'm doing. It's like, wow. Okay. Thank you, God. This is awesome. What an amazing opportunity. That's how I think about it. And so I think that's kind of the point of the whole thing is, and I, I kind of put it at the end of the service that all the hidden consequences for Jesus and how he lived his life on earth when he returned will be made public to all that he is Lord, that he has redeemed people, that his life mattered. Um, the glory, the honor, all of that, all of the, the, the things that were not known or seen the first coming will be made known the second. And it'll be the same for us. When he comes, all of those hidden consequences for what we've done, the blessings, sometimes the negatives, not living our lives right, all of this, all those little consequences will be made known. So live your life in that context, I think was the point. Think about it. Yeah. Be it's, ready. There's a lot to unpack in that one verse. But thanks, folks, for listening. And hope you um, stick with us. Make sure you listen to the message on Sunday so you got some context here. And uh, always desirous of your questions, your comments, mm -hmm. what are some topics you'd like us to address, whether it's in the message or whether it's during this time together. We appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. You guys have a good night. We'll see you on Sunday. Take care.